Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is Entourage the Movie. Uh, many years in the waiting here. Fans of the show will definitely be pleased this film has come out. However, the critics have savaged it. <laughs> so uh, just a heads up, we are in a position where we've seen the film. If you're not, we might be about to spoil things for you. Our podcasts here at Pod Me If You Can are always post-film. We've seen the film, now we're talking about the film. Vinny Chase. Ari Gold. I hear you got something for me. My first movie is Studio Head, and boom, I want you to star in it. Whatever I do next, I also want to direct. <coughs> Ari. Does he even know how to direct? Ari. Holy what? Ronda Rousey, the fighter. I love her. We know each other. You remember me? Didn't she used to be really fat? (laughs) If this movie tanks, Vince will not come back from this. Neither will I, and neither will you. This could get ugly. Trust me, it's all good. Oh my god. Doctor says she's gonna pop any second. What's wrong? We got a sex tape. Oh god. I'm getting married. Oh god. We need more money. Bye. Oh god. I gave you $100 million. You agreed to not go over. Because you said I couldn't direct unless we agreed. It's like when a girl asks if you want to bang her hot sister. Of course you say no. Neither of you really believes you mean it, though. What is he doing here? Uh, Lloyd, this thing has a $30 million budget. And I feel like it's up to 17 or something as we speak. I feel like this is a sure thing to get its money back. You, oh, really? Because I don't see how non-entourage fans could enjoy this movie because the Entourage movie is really a big episode of the TV series and I've seen the entire series so the whole story flowed really well for me from the end of the last season to this movie. It was really great seeing all those characters on the big screen, Uh, the dialogue situations. It all felt exactly like it did from the show. There was no, I felt like, sugarcoating, like uh, serious changes to make it for the big screen for general audiences. Like there was that little bit at the beginning to catch people up, like the Pierce Morgan um, bit. Yeah, Pierce Morgan did a whole pile of exposition, didn't he? Yeah, uh, but I I didn't feel... um, like that was like a big change of the how the show is normally structured it was just to catch you up on what happened um so i really appreciate how the creators uh really made this into a tv series and tv shows to movies have been done before with like sex in the city which i made two movies of and in a way twin peaks fire walk with me star trek etc um i guess somebody must have done the maths on this that this movie was worth making and they would see a return um but very few people i know have actually seen the tv series it just seems weird to me for this movie to get a world cinema release it feels like a hbo tv movie more than a movie you go to the cinema to watch it makes me think of behind the candelabra you know um hbo movie released in the states and then sort of gradually everywhere else maybe that would have been a more effective strategy except that this film i suppose um it doesn't really have any 
hugely redeeming features if you haven't seen the show you're not that interested why do you feel that this movie will make its money back well I, i feel like 30 million is a very modest budget for the movie um, I feel like they've probably done the sales with uh, DVDs and, you know, seeing what the fan base is. And they've said, we will make $30 million back. It's it's a low amount of money. When you think about, you know, Avengers and stuff being $150 million, you know, that's a risk. You might not make that back. Um, 30 seems low to me. Yeah, well, I think they used, and we'll talk about this, how they oversaturated with uh, a cameo, celebrity cameo. So... When people see the trailer, they go, oh my gosh, Jessica Alba's in this, you know, or such and such in this, you know, just to get that, um, you know, so it pays in itself for uh, marketing because it has that star power. Of course, the show was like that as well. I've seen every episode as well. Yeah, but the, the issue with this one, and this is the same problem we had with Mad Max Fury Road, it's going up against something like Pitch Perfect, which is, you know, for the masses, this one is up against Spy with Melissa McCarthy, and which the big, is already 30-something million. Yeah, and the big weekend. earthquake movie as well, San Andreas, which I hear is yeah. doing absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, The Rock is a big draw card. I still feel like this will make its money back. I mean, I know people are hating on it critically, and I've got a real problems with it as well, and it does suffer from feeling like just a long episode of and a very long episode in parts of the show... I still think there's a curiosity to it, and I still think people will watch it, and it'll make thirty million. Do you think general like- uh, audiences will watch it, or do you think just people will who who are fans of the TV series will go and watch it? The majority is going to be fans. I mean, this, like you say, it it picks up after season eight, which is the final season they did on HBO. It's just far too long a wait, four years or whatever it's been between season eight finishing and this film. It's you know people have to think back to what was going on i had to think about where the characters were when we left them and one of my main problems with this film is that like they undid the growth that the characters had you want to see you know vince is going to get married in paris which was like a big deal you know well he'd, he'd I, I, this- I thought it was universally agreed upon that everyone hated the last episode of Entourage because they wrapped everything up too cleanly and they felt like this movie was trying to undo that, was trying to, you know, get forgiveness for that episode. Do you think that was the case? Oh, I got really sick of Entourage by the end. (laughs) So I sort of didn't care as much where they ended it TV-wise. But I thought, like, that was a real, like, dumb move for the movie to undo. I didn't realise it was universally hated, season 8. I sort of thought they had to accept where they got everyone to and then, you know, go from there. Um, But it was probably a mistake to have Sloane get pregnant. That's a real, like, problem shows have when they introduce a baby. I love the girl who plays her, by the way. I can't ever pronounce her name, so I don't want to give it a go. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's absolutely stunning, yeah. But they've done something where, at the end of the eighth season, right, Vince is getting married, which is a big character move. E is going to go off on a jet with Sloane and talk about the pregnancy, see if they want to be together. Turtle's rich. And Johnny Drama has, you know, Johnny Bananas, the cartoon. And uh, Ari, right at the end after the credits of season eight's final episode, uh, basically gets offered a job. Allendale's job, which, um, you know, is a really big deal for him. Uh, John Ellis is his character. And so now the, the movie starts. Vince's was married for nine days 
that takes away everything that his character had, you know, built towards, which is not the shortest. They name-checked Britney Spears, you know, having only a two-day marriage. Johnny Bananas is cancelled. Turtle's still rich, which is one of the only things that carries over. And E is not with Sloan. They've decided not to be together because he slept with her stepmother, which is something that, you know, was a real throwaway line in the movie as well. Maybe it happened um, in the series, but uh, like towards the end, but I, I... It did, yeah. Okay, sure. I didn't, couldn't remember it. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, it was odd that um, everything they'd built towards, they were just like, ignore all that. Here's a fun movie. But yeah. is it a case that the creators didn't like that direction either? Like, like it, it might have been a case they were like, oh, guys, we've got to wrap it up. This is the last season. So they just, you know, spearheaded everything into a direction where they didn't like it. And from what I hear, the fans didn't like that as well. Um, but with your case, you, you just got sick of the whole thing. You just felt uh, pretty exhausted uh, of nine or eight seasons of Entourage. Uh, do you feel, though, like they did a good job with the ending? or For season eight? For, for the season eight, yeah. I didn't realize it was the final episode. I was watching it <laughs> and and I was like, geez, everybody's really, there's a lot going on. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I just had this vibe like this this feels like a final episode, you know, as I was watching it. And um, it was really strange. And I looked at I paused it, I looked it up and uh, I saw that it was. And um, I was like, okay, yeah, well, let's see how they, they sort of end it. Because endings are difficult with shows and HBO shows and The Sopranos comes to mind. I don't think this movie puts them in a better place at the end. I think it might be worse. Do you know that scene in Wayne's World where they say, let's do the super happy ending? <laughs> and they go like, and then like everything works out for everybody. Yeah. That felt like the Entourage movie for me. How do you explain the fact that Vince is such a great director? He worked with Billy Walsh and... Like a couple of the people, Martin Scorsese, James series. Cameron. Sorry, uh, Martin Scorsese and James Cameron. Did he work with Martin Scorsese? Because he did work with James Cameron. It was as Aquaman, implied but- at the end of one of the seasons. He gets a phone call from Martin Scorsese, and then Martin Scorsese says, "Oh, I'm interested. Um, if you, I was wondering if you're interested in starring in one of my movies." And then he's walking, I don't know, on the on a rooftop, talking to him, and that's the end of the season. But uh, we never heard more of that. So I'm assuming he did a movie with Martin Scorsese. So he's a great director and he makes the movie Hyde, which, you know, is like a Jekyll and Hyde movie. In And we see a tiny snippet of it where he's like a DJ wearing a hoodie that throws pellets out to people. And one critic pointed out that that looked like a Britney Spears music video. <laughs> and I watched the music video of the Britney Spears song and I was like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see what they're getting at here. I mean, it's a $100 million movie, this Hyde movie, and I would have really appreciated seeing a few more scenes of it. I think that would have, you know, sold it more. Right. But it's a bit like uh, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction where it's like just something shiny and we're all expected to just use our imagination. Uh, Well, I like that technique, but you think it doesn't work here? No, because I think you need to know something is good. You can't just have... Ari say, I loved it, Vince. Here's a car for product placement, you know? You sort of need to go along for the ride. And I would have, uh, you know, it, it just didn't really sit for me. Same as, like, um, the drama thing, you know. Uh, Johnny Drama's supposed to have this great performance in four scenes. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't get to see any of it. You don't get to see a single moment. So it's hard to believe it, especially knowing what a mess he is, you know? 
And it's interesting how he bounces back, especially after a video has gone viral of him uh, masturbating in front of the camera. You know, it's just like, wow, he still bounced back from that. Yeah, I got a real problem with that as well, I'm afraid. That TMZ culture and the sex tape stuff is all, you know, well documented. But in terms of him winning, like, a critical acting award, I have a real example of this. Eddie Murphy was supposed to, you know, be the favourite to win uh, the Oscar for Dreamgirls. Um, everybody loved his performance you know he was best supporting actor and then the news came out that he was the father of Mel B's baby uh, Mel B the Spice Girl Scary Spice and uh, people turned on him and they were like oh you know he he did knock her up and you know blah 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 and he didn't win the award like people turn on people if drama had this sex tape that's all that his interviews would have focused on in the lead up to winning the Golden Globe, which is what happens at the end of this film. And I, could, I feel like the whole time the, the driving thing would be like, you know, but he has this sex tape, this like thing that overshadows his possibility of winning the acting award. And I really didn't buy when drama uh, is, you know, it first happens and he's at his um, uh, therapist's office and, and he's so angry and he's got the phone and he's shouting. Then the call comes through that, like, E's baby is on the way, and he calms down immediately. (laughs) I didn't buy that at all. It was supposed to be the sweet moment, you know, a child coming into the world is supposed to really put a perspective on every situation. I think he even says that line, um, because in the end, this this is what it's all about. I mean, I didn't buy it. Maybe he didn't sell it well, but... I, the one thing I did like is him yelling victory at the end. That was his speech. <laughs> well, we just uh, talked about Maps to the Stars, uh, David Cronenberg's, like, his savage letter to the Hollywood culture. Uh, Entourage, on the flip side, is really a celebration of, like, all its excess, like the the celebrity and the L.A. lifestyle, you know, and all that. It rewards the people of this world while Maps to the Stars punishes everyone uh personally i really like movies about hollywood like sunset boulevard the player get shorty even ed wood and i really like the process of making movies just seeing it on a huge scale like i love the dealings the the dialogue the cutthroat environment the sex there's like a huge amount of drama they can draw from this and everyone like is incredibly beautiful you know well I, I wanted to ask you about um, the UFC fighter. Ronda, uh, Ronda Rousey. Interesting, yeah. uh, one critic brought up, like, um, Sloane gets pregnant, like, four years ago, obviously, when the series finished. Um, Which is really, like, nine days ago, and then eight months later Yeah, but that's whatever. 2012, yet this film makes so many 2015 references, but there's no way around that, you know? <laughs> and also, like, Johnny Drama's auditioning for The Mentalist, which is over. <laughs> that was uh, an issue as well. Um, and if you want to look even closer, what kind of telephone, what kind of mobile phones, like what kind of iPhone they use, you know, and things like that. I'm sure you could cr- dig into all that. But uh, Ronda Rousey, I thought she actually did a good job here compared to her performance in Furious 7. I thought she was fine here, like not as bad as, because Furious 7, you go, oh my gosh. Like when she goes, you're not that charming bitch. It was like the worst delivery you could ever hope for. <laughs> and in this one, I, I thought she was, she was really fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, it's sort of endearing that uh, Turtle would be interested in her and, you know, that he would think they had a moment whenever they had a moment. 
It did feel a bit like padding, though. Well, that's the only thing I didn't like about movie about this movie was that there were so many subplots that just went nowhere. Normally, I don't mind that, but here it felt like some things were just shoveled in and they forgot about it. And the biggest example was Ari's former assistant, Lloyd. He wants to have Ari give him away. He wants to have a big gay wedding. And that was never resolved. Um, he sleeps with two stunning girls who try to set him up and it culminates in a really boring lunch. You know, and Ronda Rousey as well is never really resolved. There were a lot of cameos that were really fun, but they all felt really shoveled in. Oh, by the way, it's good seeing Amelie... Emily uh, Ratajkowski, Ratajkowski, I can't pronounce the name, the incredible girl from Gone Girl who Ben Affleck had an affair with. She is one fine looking girl. <laughs> you didn't stay in the credits and watch the scene, did you? The, at the very end? Uh, in the mid-credits sequence, there was a wedding scene. Oh, no. No. They did. Res- uh, the first thing I thought was, wow, they didn't resolve that Lloyd wedding thing. Uh, Rex Lee's character, Lloyd, did get married mid-credits. Uh, George Takai was the celebrant and Ari walked him down the aisle and uh, there was a Jewish wedding because it was on at Ari's house so he was like my house my god they dance and there's a little bit of you know a scene damn it <laughs> well I take it yeah, back <laughs> so they, they did resolve that there was nothing at the very end of the credits I actually was watching the, the credits and right at the end of that mid credit scene the photographer takes a photo and like they're all posing for it and it's Lloyd's wedding but he's way off to the side in the photo anyway it's got all the entourage boys in the middle and uh the credits listed in like order of appearance and uh the second last credit said uh photographer and it was the last shot of the movie and the final person was pilot and I thought there must be a scene at the end end of the credits and there's some pilot in a plane and he's going to say you know, we're about to land in Vegas or whatever, you know, and somebody was going to... There's going to be a little bit more, but there wasn't. There was no final scene after the credits, but there was a pilot who was credited as the final person to appear. So I don't know what was going on. I can't think of who's a pilot, unless it was a scene that was just simply cut from the movie. It's a scene that they originally must have had at the end end of the credits. Some scene, like, teasing a, another piece to the entourage puzzle or you know some some more events that would have unfolded but there was no scene they left the credit in so it was very confusing for me if anyone knows anything about that let us know (laughs) (laughs) look all the celebrity cameos didn't pay off they they were shoveled in there you're quite right one that really bothered me was like Jessica Alba yeah I heard that I heard criticism on that one as well she looked amazing (laughs) yeah that's fine but she's like green light my passion project and he's like okay and Liam Neeson like quick (laughs) laugh you know but he it felt like that almost wasn't even supposed to happen like Liam Neeson was just driving that day and they pulled up next to him (laughs) you know I have a real like hate about the the padding of the movie I mentioned and you said he's sleeping with two different girls yeah, that the sequence where Johnny Drama gives him Viagra and he sleeps with a girl at Turtle's house felt really like nothing. Like, that shouldn't have been in there. But him sleeping with uh, Sabina Gadecki, who's the blonde, who uh, is nude the first time we see E, um, apparently they're dating in real life. Look, he's doing very well for himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people think that. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a real um, We Hate E going on online. Why is that? People just dislike him as as one of the main four 
he's a real like uh, buzzkill when you watch the show. You know, he's like, I wouldn't spend that much money on that. And as a manager, he's always trying to boss people around. So there's a real sense of him being the like buzzkill, I suppose. And then people just dislike him. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like he's in Leonardo DiCaprio's entourage in real life. You know, he's like one of the boys who hangs out with Leonardo DiCaprio's people. People are jealous. I don't know. Who's your favorite character from the Entourage bunch? I'm going to guess yours is uh, Vince, and so is mine. <laughs> no, mine is uh, Jeremy Piven. Oh, but th- does, that, four. does that really of, count? Of, of the four, I'm going to go with um, Johnny Drama. <laughs> that's just for laughs. Yeah, well, no, I, <laughs> yeah, I just like it. Like I, I feel the most sympathy towards him out of ever, anyone else because. Um, Everyone just seems so successful, and he's always struggling. So I'm always going for the underdog automatically, and he's just such a character, you know. <laughs> yeah, the first line of this film was, "I might need to jerk it before we even get to the boat," <laughs> and he had so many good lines. One vagina opens, and another one closes when other opens. And um, my favorite was where he says, "I'm strapped, bro." <laughs> yeah, that got um, laughs in my cinema. My cinema was uh, hardly anyone was in it too. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Turtle was rich. E had money. Drama didn't have any money, which is why he said, I'm strapped, bro. But wouldn't it have been good if the success he had created for his friends at the end of the film, they helped him with his Hyde movie? If they all became investors back Yeah, in I didn't understand that. Like, they kept going, oh, we're so short with money. It's just like, I, I thought you guys were all loaded. Like, can't you guys put up the money? Like, if you love this movie so much? Yeah. And I know that it was like, you know, ultimately the most money was from the Texans, Billy Bob Thornton's character and Haley Joel Osment's character. And so they could shred the movie if they wanted to and do nothing with it. It didn't matter if everyone put in money, but that that would have been a nicer plot point. It would have had a kind of symmetry to it. You know, Vince helped everybody else. Now they help him, you know, but that's too much to ask from this. I mean, the show was very disposable, wasn't it? It was like... Vince is dating some hot girl. Here's some boobs. Like, <laughs> film world. Uh, you know, you could watch it and forget about it. Well, like, it didn't I really love the dialogue of the show. It's really fast, and it's the main tool that pushes everything. The show never really relied on action at all. And it's great seeing a movie at the cinema where that's the case. Like, I love hearing these characters talk. What I loved about the series was the excess of the Hollywood star, the parties, the money, the girls, and especially that cutthroat environment. Uh, environment Like, you know, like you're always seeing um, at any minute anyone can get dropped just simply because a star didn't like him. But the true star of the series for me has always been Jeremy Piven, who plays Ari Gold. It's his all-out performance that's really incredible. You really feel the immediacy and frenetic pace of of, of this world. Uh, it's all about manipulation, organization, and just dealing with the eccentricities of the people of Hollywood. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I think um, a lot of people feel the same way that it's Jeremy Piven should be the center of the show or Jerry, yeah. Jeremy Piven is the center of the show. Look, uh, the Golden Glo- uh, the Emmy Awards he has, I don't know if he has Golden Globes, but he um, he steals the show through the eight seasons. You know, he's the character you're like uh, most enthralled to watch. And um, Jeremy Piven, to promote this movie stayed in character as Ari Gold yeah, for like 72 that. hours yeah. or something yeah which was like really interesting marketing and you know 
the the thing is you need the four guys to be less jerks uh less less douchebaggy i i really liked the show like i watched every episode of it but like revisiting it now it seems like something else yeah because i I can see a person who didn't like the series and if they did watch it um like they don't know anything about the series they go in to watch it they'll find the characters really obnoxious they'll see them as opportunists seeking sex money and fame but who can blame them considering the the environment they live in but these aren't attractive characters um you know yeah they're flawed yeah um, that bit with the two girls and they try and teach them a lesson, you know, saying that one is pregnant and one has herpes or something. Do you sort of, when you realize what's going on and the blonde Melody says, this is pointless, it's not well acted. And, um, you're sort of like, what, what did we watch all that <laughs> yeah, for? Exactly. I'm just, she goes, this did nothing. I'm like, yeah, it did nothing for us as well. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, that's just disappointing. You know what else was disappointing? They had this huge party to premiere the movie Hyde and, like, set it all up, everyone signing releases, you know, everything like that on the beach. Just random people who I'm sure family and friends screenings aren't like that. And then he's like, good news, bad news. The projector's broken, but Pharrell's here, (laughs) so why don't you perform? (laughs) Like, that was such a pointless sequence. Only there so they could jam more cameos in there yeah well that uh, i read a lot of reviews saying pharrell was the worst cameo in the movie but i'm just thinking well what did he have to work with you know they just cut to him really quickly and he what is he supposed to say oh i'm gonna kill him you know it wasn't a bad cameo he was just shoveled in there (laughs) like not bad on his part sorry it was a bad cameo but not on his part but it was a bad cameo because it took away from all the momentum you just built yeah like for ages, anyway. What, what, um, you know how they bump into Mark Wahlberg when Vince is kicked, um, locked out of the editing room? Yeah. Mark Wahlberg, this is the whole entourage show is based on Mark Wahlberg, right? Is that supposed to be Wahlberg's, um, entourage? Is was that the, yeah. jo- oh, I see, okay. Um, the guy who, Hamster, uh, he slaps him and he says that the hamster's crazy or something. Um, that's not Turtle, though. Okay. Uh, the guy who was Turtle was based on uh, passed away, so uh, it was a guy who was referred to as Donkey. So, but yeah, that's that's exactly what that was. That was Mark Wahlberg with his entourage, and when he turned up, he plugged Ted Three. Yeah, which is I saw a trailer for, realm of possibility. Yeah, I saw a trailer for Ted Two when I was watching this. So did I, and then he plugged uh, Wahlburgers, which is like his reality Kardashians show. Is that for real? Yeah. Okay, yeah, have you thing. seen any? No. <laughs> I don't really intend on watching no. it. There was a couple of really unnatural zooms in this movie that the whole thing had the flow of the show. You know, everyone's on the phone, you're driving in your car, you're walking down the street together. Everything was fine, but then every now and then they zoomed in on somebody and it really took me out of it. Like, wow, I didn't notice. Okay, like when uh, they're telling drama that he has to get cut. You know, he's got four scenes, but the guy hates him and he wants to cut him out of the movie. There was a slow zoom on Drama's face, which really stood out in terms of the directing. And I know it's like Doug Elan's like, you know, movie, uh, but it should be true to the show. The one thing I thought was better on the big screen was that opening title sequence. Yeah, that that looked amazing. That looked really cool. It, it took me a few seconds to notice, oh, these are the names of the people. Like, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> the bigger scale of it as well like uh, Hollywood sign and 
everything was just like, it was good to see. Also, he repeated that shot where they get out of the car from the suicide doors in reverse, where they're getting into it um, towards the end of the film, which I didn't mind. I didn't hate that. The Sydney Morning Herald in Australia uh, pointed out that in this world of entourage, there is no paparazzi. Besides when um, Vince gets out at the beginning from the rehab, uh, nobody wants any selfie requests and there's no real social media besides, I suppose, Johnny Drama's um, tape going viral. Um, As well, they pointed out Army Hammer, you know, threatens uh, Vin because he's dating his ex, which is uh, Emily, I want to say, Ratajkowski. But nothing comes of it. So there's all these, like, you know, threatening meetups and you know celebrity cameos but then nothing happens my favorite review lloyd came from the new york times this is direct quote from a review written by a.o scott there isn't really much more to say by the time it reached the end of its hbo run in 2011 entourage had grown staler than last night's axe body spray (laughs) the passing of a few more years has not improved the aroma Watching the movie is like finding an ancient issue of a second-tier lad mag, not even Maxim, but loaded or nuts, in a friend's guest bathroom. You wonder how it got there. You wonder how you got there. In my case, it was the same way the people on screen got there, because somebody paid me. Why anyone would run the transaction in reverse is puzzling enough, <laughs> puzzling enough to be worth pondered. And also too depressing to contemplate. <laughs> really having a go at anybody who forks out money for this film. <laughs> it was <laughs> just scathing. The critics have been not kind yeah, to Entourage. I, yeah, I I didn't have any issues with this movie. Like I like to that extent. Like I I did enjoy watching these guys on the screen. I uh, you know uh, journeying with them through a story once again just like being with them and hearing all that dialogue again it was really fun you know but i just don't see how this movie will appeal to non-entourage fans to get them in the movie it's just bizarre for me to see it get us wide cinema release it just feels like as you say something like what hbo should have done what hbo did with uh behind the candelabra how that was like a movie made for tv sort of thing you know and that that was released around it just feels like entourage maybe should have been like that having it a wide cinema release just opens it up to criticism from people who aren't entourage fans Um, but if you're a fan of entourage i think you'll really enjoy this because it feels exactly like the tv show you know it's just an extension of that and if you you know want more of these guys here's just a few more stories that you can you know watch them get entangled with but it doesn't feel like a big massive bookend like they it feels like they can make a second movie at the end uh, and they want to they want to okay sure yeah depending how this one goes yeah because uh they made uh, two sex in the city movies and i hear the second one is really awful mark Kermode does like the greatest rant ever on that movie how it's a really horrible movie and uh i don't know if entourage is just going to cash out like that if they do make a second one but what i would like is just a very good ending maybe that's an impossible thing to do like what um tv series that that you watch that you really like the ending of Oh, I like the end of Lost. Lost, yeah? That ended well for you? I, I haven't seen Lost I yet. would argue about that with people. Seinfeld ended well. Yeah, well, a lot of um, people didn't think Seinfeld ended well. Seinfeld and Sopranos are always the two examples people always bring up. I didn't mind the ending of Seinfeld either. I liked that one. Yeah, I feel like it 
concludes by keeping the four of them together. They're going to be spending some time <laughs> in prison. And it just sort of changed the dynamic of things. What about yourself? Can you think of a TV show with a finale that uh, was satisfying to you? I, I would probably say The Shield. Um, The Shield, like, w- when it got to an, the ending, like, I was really dazed. It was just so full on, like, the events that happened in that, that the lead up to that last episode and the last episode was really stayed with me. I... Uh, I didn't like The Wire so much, despite me. I'll, if anyone asks what's the best TV series you've ever seen, I'll always say The Wire. I just felt the last season was a little bit weak. Jeez, um, struggling to think now. <laughs> I'll tell you what was the weakest I can think of is How I Met Your Mother. Spoilers for those people who haven't seen that show, but the whole last season was kind of a joke, and uh, they push Barney and Robin together for the entire final season. Um, the whole thing takes place before their wedding and then the final episode they go yeah it didn't work out so it's like pushing the direction in one uh, pushing the audience in one direction the whole time and then this quick right turn at the final second where you're like what so what you, are we watching that for you felt really gypped oh yeah it's 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 very frustrating for viewers especially you um, invested all those years into it as well universally hated I think it's nine years that was the ninth season well, look, like I said, this has gone for a super happy ending where everybody, everything works out for everybody. Vince's film makes a ton of money. Ari gets money back. He's going to have lots of gigs to get through. Turtles dating Ronda Rousey. Uh, drama wins a critical award. Um, e becomes a father as well as he's invested in the movie. Nothing bad happens to anybody. It's all, like, hyper real. Like, uh, Do you think this was a better ending than the, la- than the last episode of the last season of Entourage? I think this one feels like a sham, like um, like less realistic and worse. Um, <laughs> wow. Not, I'm not happy where it's ended, yeah. Like, for me, a better ending would be if um, Vinny Chase no longer wanted to be in Hollywood, if they all sort of left it and went, wow, that was a crazy ride. Don't you think it would be a better ending if, like, Turtle was sort of the hero, he had all the money, and everyone else just sort of was like let's just stop doing this like we've got enough money if he like uh invested in other films you know they didn't all just hang off each other all the time well um, there's no gr- growth to the characters this was based on uh, mark Wahlberg's um life sort of thing uh, loosely based on it with one of his uh, friends dying of his entourage I-, I know this sounds awful to say but maybe they should have put a more serious stamp and maybe let's see what the guys go through if they lose one of them you know, if one of them passes or one of them gets sick, um, on a more serious note. But I think Entourage is all about the excess and it's all about the fun and success. So I don't think they'll go in a more serious direction. I don't think they want it at all. No. As well, we know they filmed at the Golden Globe Awards. So uh, if anybody watched the Golden Globe Awards, they all appeared there in character, shooting scenes for the movie. So you knew before the film came out that there would be a sequence where they went to the Golden Globe Awards. And if you're watching the film going, oh, we're waiting for the Golden Globe Awards sequence, you know the film is a success and that it's nominated for Golden Globes. (laughs) Basically, so that kind of ruins it for you. For me, my favourite character during the show's run was Billy Walsh, the um, (laughs) director of Medellin, and there wasn't enough of him in the movie. At the end, he, in the credits, pitches the idea for the show Entourage. He says, uh, you know, what if there was a show 
about you guys, you know, and Vince and his hangers on, and everyone was like, that's a stupid idea, you know. <laughs> so that was this at the end credits during the wedding sequence? M- mid-credits, oh, yeah. Oh, man, I wish end. I stayed for that. It just, oh, it's annoying me now how movies are doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, disappointed, I suppose. Like I said, it would have been better if we got to see dailies of Hyde, even. Um, I don't know any film studio that wouldn't have played dailies. Well, we didn't see much of Aquaman when he was uh, doing it with uh, James Cameron. Did you feel a need to see Aquaman, or did you feel like they showed enough of it? Well, within the context of the show, seeing Aquaman, you don't really need to, because like it's not about that, whereas this movie is about Hyde. The whole thing is about the movie. If it's a success or not. Yeah. And... You can't have a character like Haley Joel Osment's character say, I don't think you were very good in it, Vince, without seeing him not be very good in it. Because it's just hearsay. Like, we have to, as an audience, agree with anything. And we have nothing to go on. We've got that tiny little sequence that looks like a music video. (laughs) And that's it. So we can't go, wow, Johnny Drama does deserve that acting award if we didn't see him earn it, you know? Everything is unearned. What can I say? I don't know. Disappointed. It's getting a lot of two-star reviews out of five, and it had like two out of ten on Rotten Tomatoes or something. So. Were a lot of those reviews by um, people who are fans of the series, or were they by people who haven't hadn't seen the series? I think even the people who've seen the show are um, disappointed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's. I, I haven't read every single review. I'm sure there are people who like the show who also like the film. But... Doesn't it sort of feel like they thought, oh, we're on a boat. Let's just get half these girls topless. <laughs> yeah. And then this will be a better film. <laughs> it, it isn't a better film. It's not. Well, I, I, I for one, didn't mind it too much. I, I just felt like it was an extension of the show. It, the dialogue felt right. It just felt like I was watching five episodes of Entourage. Um, you know, uh, and uh, the only issue I have with it was the subplots that just went nowhere. And um, yeah, yeah, it made it feel pointless, didn't it? Yeah, you're watching it, going, "What did I watch that for? None <laughs> of that meant anything." And I agree, it did feel like a bunch of episodes um, plastered together. Yeah, like um, it isn't a massive ripple in their universe as far as everything they've they've gone through. Like it is a big ripple, but it isn't enough to constitute a you to make a massive movie out of. You know, but. Yeah. Yeah. Lloyd, speaking of LA and uh the movie world, <laughs> yeah. you uh you took a trip up to Brisbane and you want to tell us about? Yeah, I went to the David Lynch exhibit held at the Gallery of Modern Art in Brisbane, Australia called Between Two Worlds. I went 3 times, once on Friday day, again on Friday night which was called Lynch by Night. It got really packed. I had what was called a Lynch beef burger and it was fantastic. <laughs> I don't know if it was cuz I was really hungry. It was just a basic burger, but oh man, it was so delicious. And they had like um a band playing with very Lynchian style music. It was a really interesting, very swanky people there as well, I have to admit. Um, 
like uh, when I say swanky, very well dressed people. You know, I felt out of place. <laughs> uh, I'm always a sucker for beef burgers and a coke, and you know, uh, music. I guess I just like that sort of thing. And then I watched uh, Inland Empire. Uh, it was a decent sized audience, and the print was from the National Film and Sound Archive. I have to say, I was a little disappointed with the sound in the Goma Theatre. It should have been louder. I have a pretty good setup at home here, and I know from watching a lot of David Lynch interviews how loud that movie needs to be set to um there were many walkouts in the movie like inland empire is no easy viewing goes on for about three hours and doesn't really make any sense yet i've seen it probably six or seven times um the night was really nice although it got really packed with a lot of people so it was hard to see some of the exhibits but it was great watching the alphabet which is like a david lynch short with the crowd and seeing some of the reactions of the people i'm assuming most of the people that night hadn't seen too many david lynch films or 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 any of his work so it must have been a really crazy experience for them um then i went again the next day i think goma did a fantastic job it's an amazing exhibition i hope a lot of you got a chance to see it in australia it just finished up june 7th i saw it on its last weekend just to see david lynch paintings in person and the whole exhibit is surrounded by the sounds of his short films playing on loop so it's this real lynch atmosphere like i i just want to keep going back into that world i thought it was so sublime brisbane did a great job housing that exhibition and really gave david lynch a lot of respect and i can't wait for twin peaks which is set to start next year if you guys want to see some pictures of the exhibition i put some on my instagram account i'll put a link on our website so you guys can check it out Uh, i look forward to the day dave that we can do uh, and discuss a David Lynch film on our podcast (laughs) because I'm a huge huge fan obviously so does he have any films in the pipeline or is it just the TV his last film was Inland Empire he says an idea just hasn't hit him at all hasn't struck him and he's been working heavily on his music and only recently um, apparently he's been working four years on this just off and on but um, there was a green light to do Twin Peaks uh, which is really the show that gave that broke all the rules like thanks to twin peaks like we have true detective we have you know um uh, sopranos and everything like that it really broke all the rules um but that's all what he's got in the pipeline is um twin peaks and there's been a lot of stuff on the social media back and forth lynch has left the project lynch is back on but from what i hear he's definitely back on they've like it was supposed to be nine episodes directed by him to finish it because i think um laura palmer or sonic says in the series that i'll be sonic about coming back uh, so many years later and 2016 is that many years later so i guess yeah. he's been at the back of his mind for a long time and apparently it's blown out now to 18 episodes they've greenlit him for rather than nine so i don't know i'm hearing all crazy stories but that's all that that set up is um the, a tv series maybe we'll come we'll get into um inland empire at some point yeah <laughs> we'll try to explain it <laughs> i'm sure that i'm sure that podcast will get a lot of hits just to hear some clarity on it but um I, i've i've watched it so many times i still have no idea what's going on uh you guys can find more from us at podmeifyoucan.com uh including links to our youtube page uh with obscure movies and uh, i'd like to apologize i'm slightly sick that's coming across in my voice <laughs> Uh, it's deeper and more Barry White-esque than normal. <laughs> uh, next time <laughs> next time on the podcast, guys, we're going to talk about uh, Infini, which is an uh, Australian film shot in Sydney that uh, stars Daniel McPherson. 
So I hope you can check out that one and uh, follow us on Facebook, um, rate us on iTunes, and uh, suggest some films for us. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you all. Thanks for listening, guys. Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod me if you can. Movie reviews. 